You're listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast with your host, Jessica Hawks, where we get honest about all things entrepreneurship, balancing life and business, and navigating the world in a digital age. into a jingle there well that's maybe that should be the new intro to these episodes <laughs> just sing oh nobody wants to hear that i i'm not a good singer <laughs> oh god and i'm also sick maybe that will make would make me sound better when i'm singing i feel like sometimes you know the little the raspiness helps you out um yeah i will partake in karaoke but i w- <laughs> it's not gonna be good Um, me and my friends have been singing a lot of karaoke for the past few months. Actually, no, it's been longer than that. It's been like the past year we've been on a karaoke bender, uh, which is so funny because I used to never, I would never sing karaoke. I was like, my opinion on karaoke is always, if you're really good or you're really bad, okay, do it. If you're mediocre, then what's the point? (laughs) Which is probably a ridiculous stance to have on karaoke because it's just for fun. And that's what I've come to realize in my old age is that it's just fun and who really actually cares? Um, so yeah, we have a karaoke machine that we use at home, which is really funny. And we we go sing karaoke sometimes at places around here. It gets a little rowdy, but that's off topic. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm still, yeah, I have something going on in my sinuses, my throat, my nose, my face. Don't know what it is. I think it might just be really bad allergies. I also think as an adult that I've developed bad allergies. I don't know what is going on with that, but I think I just need to go get allergy tested or something. So if I sound weird during this, I think that I, I think I still had this last week when I was recording actually, maybe but it might sound a bit off. Anyway, in this episode, we are going to be talking about what you need to work online. And I'm going to be taking a couple different approaches to this. I'm going to talk about what you physically need, what you mentally need, and then kind of an overarching view of some things you should have decided on before you get started, or at least that you're going to need in the beginning phases of your business for you to be as successful as you possibly can be. Um, And as you're listening to this, it will be Monday, August 14th, which means that Digital Creatives Academy at 12.0 will officially start a week from the day you're listening, if you are listening on the day that this episode is released. And if you've been on the verge of signing up, just know that this is going to be the best round yet. And I say that every round, but that's because we keep improving it. And I'm actually in the middle of doing an entire revamp of Digital Creatives Academy. I have a few surprises that I'm adding in this round, which I think are going to be, actually I know are going to be so helpful and collapse the timeline that people are seeing success even more, which I'm really excited about. I just, I just have, I know this is going to be an amazing round. So if you want to join us, 
The link to join will be in the show notes. You also can message me on Instagram if you want to talk it through. If you have any questions, then let's have a conversation because there's never a better time than right now to get started. I was actually just talking about this on my stories today about how you always have the option to act today based off of who you want to be, who you know that you can be versus leaning into those fears that you have that keep you stuck exactly where you are. And this honestly makes me oftentimes think about going to the gym or like changing your nutrition. I feel like we all, you know, set these goals for ourselves of what we want to accomplish. And I have done this so many times in the past of three months going by. And then I look back and I'm like, God dang it, where would I be right now if I had just started going to the gym and like gotten this all together three months ago and really got in a in a routine with it? And I finally changed that for myself. I've now been going to the gym for over two months. And the changes I've seen are crazy in a short amount of time. I mean, I've grown so much muscle. I'm less bloated. My endurance is so much higher. It's just crazy the the changes I've seen in a short amount of time. And it's the same with your business. You could be three months from now looking back being like, thank God that I chose to do that and start this today because now I'm booked out. I've quit my nine to five. I'm making money online. I'm planning my vacations for 2024. So let's get it started. This is the first or the last full round of DCA that you can join in 2023. So sit on that for a minute. (laughs) Anyway, let's dive in. Okay, so let's dive into the physical things that you need to start your business first. I get asked this question a lot on TikTok. Um, I think that the reason I get asked this a lot is because people are wondering about the laptop situation, which I completely understand because... uh, (laughs) The whole time that I was in my office job as a chiropractic assistant, I wanted a MacBook so badly, but I could not even fathom being able to spend that much money on a laptop. It was just completely out of my budget. So as far as the things that you actually need to get started, it I want to you know, preface this by saying the great, one of the greatest things about the online business space is that it can have very, very low overhead. And typically with any business, especially, you know, a brick and mortar business that you're starting, you are going to have so much money that you have to put out initially in order to start creating revenue in your business and profiting in your business is a completely different story. You know, especially let's say for instance, you're Starting a restaurant or a coffee shop, you need a loan to buy the actual building, to buy the equipment, to design the inside, to buy supplies, to be able to hire employees, all of these things, which is obviously why people usually end up getting partners or a business loan, that type of thing, which is very difficult to get. And it also obviously impedes your ability to actually start making profit within your business, which is one of the biggest reasons why we start a business in the first place. So as far as online businesses go, there can be some overhead with certain ones as well. So depending on what type of business you're starting, there can be overhead if you're starting something like a product-based business. Obviously, you're going to have to initially upfront put money into buying the product in order to create listings to you know sell to other people you may be putting money into ads things like that your marketing the marketing side of your business 
And one of the things that really drew me to the online service provider space, meaning virtual assistants, social media managers, um, Pinterest managers, blogging, all of those different types of services, is that the overhead for it in general can be as low as you want it to be. So whenever I'm talking about these physical things, I'm going to kind of differentiate which ones are definitely necessary for you to have and then which ones are not so necessary or are dependent on what type of industry you're wanting to work in. Okay, so obviously the first thing that you need is Wi-Fi. It's going to be very difficult for you to get your business up and running if you don't have Wi-Fi. I would venture to say that it's possible for you to get started just using public Wi-Fi, so like libraries, coffee shops, etc. I do think that that's possible. It's just going to be a lot more difficult, especially depending on the schedule that you have if you're working, you know, a nine to five job and then you're trying to go to a coffee shop after or go to a library, whatever bookstore, whatever that looks like for you. It's just going to be a lot more difficult for you to fit in, not only at trying to build up your business, but also working on client work itself. While with saying that, though, I think it's very rare nowadays that someone doesn't have Wi-Fi. If you're listening to this, then you probably have Wi-Fi. If you've found my TikTok videos, you probably have Wi-Fi. So I don't think that that's going to, you know, um, intervene with most people being able to start. So Wi-Fi is the first thing. Next thing, a phone. I would also say that this is really important, having some type of smartphone, which again, it's very uncommon nowadays that somebody doesn't have a smartphone, but this is going to be necessary for you to communicate with clients, to do research, to keep on top of things in general. So definitely do need a phone. Um, now the next thing would be a laptop. This is where we're starting to kind of venture into that territory of, okay, is this necessary? Is this not necessary? And my answer to this is that it depends. Whenever I first started as a virtual assistant, I started out with a Chromebook. So um, once I kind of made that decision of, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to start this. I want to start working towards it. I got a Chromebook. I think that my dad actually helped me with it. I know that I, it was an Acer Chromebook. It was a couple hundred dollars. I think that I maybe like split it half with my dad, which was really nice of him to do. Otherwise, I would have had to, you know, put it on a credit card or something like that fully. Um, but yeah, I, I started out on a Chromebook. Chromebooks are not the best, but it worked for what I needed it for. And there are a lot of people that, you know, use Chromebooks for everything in their business and it works perfectly fine for them. It's obviously a lot cheaper of an investment than investing in something like a MacBook, you know, right out of the gate. And there's always options for that. I would definitely say if you're wanting a MacBook specifically to look on Places like Poshmark, Mercari, Facebook Marketplace, look for refurbished options um, because you can get a really good deal in those situations. Obviously, things like Prime Day or Black Friday would be a great opportunity for you to get that. Once I was a few months into my business and actually making income from it, then I did upgrade to a MacBook. So I was able to you know, invest that money back into my business. So there's always, you can always start out with something that's smaller, more inexpensive, maybe doesn't have the capacity that something like a MacBook would or a PC would have, but does what it does what you need it to do for the moment. 
Um, I will also say with this, there is the caveat that if you are doing, you know, just very specific services like social media management, you may not need a laptop. It may be incredibly helpful for you to have, but with some, you know, extra work and time, you may be able to get everything that you need to get done on your phone. Or if you're offering something like just DM engagement or, um, yeah, just engagement in general. And that's the only service that you're offering because there are people who are virtual assistants who just specialize in engagement and outreach. Then you may not need a laptop whenever you're first starting out. And then once you start bringing in some revenue into your business, you can obviously upgrade that. But again, I think that most people, you know, do have some type of some type of PC or laptop that they have access to. Even if you have some type of iPad or a tablet, then that could be a lot more convenient for you than just using your phone. Okay, next thing is something, again, that's optional, but that would be a course or some type of class to help you get started. You've heard me talk about this over and over again, but you have time or money. In most situations, you have one of those things to give to something. Sometimes you have both of those things. And a course or a class that's going to teach you properly how to get your business started is going to help you get to where you want to be a lot faster than if you're just trying to do it on your own. If you are trying to do it on your own, then you're going to have to invest a significant amount of time, more time than you would have to invest if then if you had just signed up for a course or a class to get you to where you want to be because obviously with that situation you still have to be investing you know time and a lot of time into it but you're not having to deal with so much guesswork and trying to fit the pieces of the puzzle together and making a bunch of mistakes or, you know, putting out, essentially just wasting time putting out content that isn't actually working for you or setting up systems that you don't actually need in your business, but you read a blog post that told you you should. Whenever you sign up for a course or a class that's taught by someone who has successfully done what you want to do and understands, understands the online industry, then you're cutting out a lot of that noise. You're cutting down the time it's going to take you to get from A to Z. And there are obviously a lot of different options here. There are, you know, different courses and classes at different price points. I have multiple classes and courses at different price points. But again, it's going to get you going, get you to where you want to go so much faster. Um, the last thing that I want to add here is that in terms of physical things that you might need, there are, of course, of course things like, you know, a laptop, microphone, um, ring light, things like that, that are certainly not by any means necessary in the beginning of your journey of starting your business, but that you may want to kind of add in as you go. Um, I, you know, very quickly ended up getting a tripod that had a Bluetooth remote so that I could take my own pictures for content on Instagram. So there's things like that that are, you know, quite inexpensive, but certainly are not necessary. You could also always just MacGyver a setup for you to be able to take your own pictures. It's, it's really not something that you need to be spending your money on if you don't have it to spend, but once I was making more income in my business, then I, of course, started venturing out and buying other things like that, mostly tech items that would make my life easier overall. Moving right along, I'm now going to talk about some of the overall things that you need to be thinking about or have an idea of what direction you're going with whenever you're first 
starting. I'm not going to go in depth into every single one of these because that would be an extensively long episode, hours upon hours upon hours. And these are all things that we teach extensively within Digital Creatives Academy and classes that I have. But this will at least give you a, a good idea of some of the things that you should be focusing on or that are important for creating your business successfully. First thing is, of course, the right mindset. This one is so important. I think that mindset is such a massive part of your business, and we definitely give it a lot of focus in Digital Creatives Academy because if you don't have a strong mindset and if you aren't paying attention to your mindset, then it can completely be the thing that makes or breaks your business. You know, entering into starting something completely new like building a business online is going to challenge you in so many ways that you didn't even know that it would. And I always say that it's really a personal growth experience that you're going through. And everyone who graduates Digital Creatives Academy touches on that, how much they've grown as a person, because you often tend to go into something like that thinking, okay, I'm going to change a lot because I'm starting a business. So therefore, the changes that I'm going to see are going to be related to business. But you don't often realize that whenever you enter it, you're changing as a person. Your business will bring up so many things about you that you didn't realize that you were fearful of or that you were struggling with mindset wise or that you were really good at and you have a chance to grow your confidence in. So it's a personal growth experience. It's not just a business growth experience. And that means that you have to be approaching it with the right mindset. So starting to really pay attention to that, paying attention to, okay, where are a lot of my fears coming from? Are they surrounding money? Are they surrounding being seen and putting a lot of focus into that so that your mindset isn't overshadowing your your negative mindsets aren't overshadowing the work that you're trying to do in your business. And this is something that I still to this day have to do is keeping my mindset in check and paying attention to where I feel like I might be slipping in certain areas so that I can put more attention into that. And, you know, it's a lot also about approaching things with an open mindset and doing things... <laughs> There's Teddy. I let him into my office and of course now he's going to be squeaking. That's just the reality of working from home. But it's approaching your business with an open mindset and starting to build up habits and exercises regarding your mindset that are going to be able to strengthen it. It truly is like a muscle that you're working out, you can build the strength of your mind and you have to do that in order to see success in your business because most of the time you're going into it really nervous, really fearful, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And because of that, it causes you to be on unstable ground. So you have to mitigate that and fight against it through things like building your habits, through meditation, journaling, reaching out, looking to others for help, building community, and also obviously learning more about the tools that are going to, that you can implement and are, that are going to help you strengthen your mindset when you are facing things like self-sabotage, imposter syndrome, etc. When you are first starting your business, it's pretty much inevitable that you're going to experience those. It's just a matter of learning how to course correct when you are. The next thing is going to be at your niche. 
Now, you're, you've probably heard this word a million times. A lot of you know what a niche is. If you aren't familiar with what a niche is, it's essentially who you are marketing your services to, who you're working with. So my niche, for example, whenever I was a virtual assistant was wedding creatives. So photographers, florists, event planners, videographers, those are the people that I mostly worked with. I did have you know a few other clients who were in different industries, but with your niche, There are a lot of people who will tell you that you don't have to choose a niche, that you can just start off very general. And a few years ago, I would have said, yeah, you can do that. That's, you know, it's going to, it's present its own set of challenges, but you can start off that way and become successful. And with what I'm saying right now, this doesn't mean that I am saying you 100% will not be successful if you just start off general. But choosing a niche, your niche rolls over into so many other aspects of your business, your marketing, your sales, your content, your conversations that you're having, the programs you're learning, the systems you're setting up in your business, that it can be a very, very powerful tool in helping you nail down those things from the get-go versus struggling to figure it out for a really long time and not seeing the results that you want. And something that I always tell my students is that I would much rather you niche down, be able to have clarity in those areas, build the momentum, find clients, get started, and then potentially decide, okay, you know what? I might want to pivot and go into another niche. I would much rather you do that than try to start off general, have no idea what you're doing with your marketing and your content because there's just too many options of what you could be talking about. You don't know who you're talking to. You don't know who your ideal client is. Therefore, you're not seeing results. You're not gaining that momentum. You're not getting clients. Therefore, you become discouraged and struggle to keep going. One of those situations is obviously much better than the other, and it's the first one. So your niche is very, very important. There are you know, ways that we talk through in Digital Creatives Academy to help you figure out what your niche should be. There's questions you can ask yourself. There's exercises that you can walk through to really, you know, nail that down and feel confident in your choice, but it is a very important part of being able to see success quicker and being able to start to refine your strategy and your content and your marketing and the services that you are offering. And here's the thing, your niche is not permanent. This is something that a lot of people feel is that, well, once I choose it, I'm stuck with it. And that's not the case at all. There are so many people that pivot who, you know, maybe get a random client in a different niche than they initially chose and realize, wow, I actually love working with this niche. I'm going to start to slowly pivot to that. So there's always options. You don't have to stick with it forever, but it really helps you build those stepping stones to start to grow your business so that you do have more flexibility in the future. And there's a lot of people that say, you know, well, I don't know. I want to work with everyone. I like a bunch of different things and that's fine. Your business can evolve into you working with a bunch of different business owners and doing a bunch of different things. But initially, while you again are on that unstable ground of just being a, being a very new beginner, You do need to have that clarity and the confidence and clear direction that comes with choosing a niche. And here's another thing that I'll add to this. This is nuanced, right? Not all niches are profitable yet. Um, And there are ways to kind of determine, okay, is this niche profitable? Is this something I'm going to enjoy doing? When do I know that it's maybe not going to work and it's time to change up things? So that's why, again, it's really helpful to have someone 
like me, <laughs> in your back pocket to refer to and talk through, talk through those things while they're happening so that you're not feeling super lost. The next thing is uh, honing in on your services. And this is something that kind of goes hand in hand with your, um, your niche in general. There are certain niches that are pretty much across the board going to need a specific set of services for the most part that may be different from other niches. And, you know, I've experienced this throughout being a virtual assistant, throughout being a coach, throughout working with so many students and knowing so many business owners in this space. I have a, I would say, really strong grasp on what different niches do need help with and, you know, what they might not be needing help with. But once you decide on your niche and have a clear path of who you're going to help, that makes it a lot easier for you to start doing market research and figuring out, okay, what typically do people in this niche need help with? What are they really struggling with? What are the platforms that they're commonly using in their business? What are the services that they're usually outsourcing for or that most people in this industry need help with. And that's something that can help you craft your services and what you're actually going to be offering to helping to help them with or specializing in helping them with. And typically specializing is something that comes with time. So for instance, in my journey, you know, I did market research. I went out there and I figured out, okay, what do wedding creatives need help with? What platforms are they using? What do they struggle with in their business? What takes up the most time for them? And I tried to craft my services around that. Now, obviously, I was also I was also not 100% clear on that because I hadn't yet started working with clients. So I was offering a lot of different services. And I, what I started to see with clients was that, okay, across the board, most of them are needing help with these same services. And then every client's needs are also different. So one client may be having me help them with this specific thing. And another client may not need help with that, but they might need help in this other area. So I started to learn, okay, these are services that I don't enjoy doing or that aren't needed in this industry. So I'm going to drop those off of the ser my services list. And these are services that seem to be in demand and that I also really love doing. So I'm going to start to specialize in these. For me, that was Pinterest, email marketing, and launch support. So I was helping a lot of my uh, clients launch different programs or courses or products or businesses that they wanted to to provide or offer to people in their audience in addition to their wedding services that they were offering. So I was helping them from the ideation phase of that all the way to it being live and able to be purchased for people in their audience. So that's what I really started to specialize in. And whenever you start specializing, that's when you really start to scale your business because you start to become an expert in those things. You start to become much more in demand for those things and your marketing becomes even more clear because you have a very specific idea and path of what you're doing, what you're offering. And that's when you can also really, really start to build your income as well. Next thing is your packages. So utilizing those services is what you're going to use to create your packages that you're offering to clients. 
Typically, you have two different types of packages. Well, I guess you could say three different types of packages. So you'll have hourly packages, service-based packages, and then one-off packages or one-off services. Your hourly packages are increments of time that your client is booking for you every single week. So it may be five hours a week, it may be 10 hours a week, it may be 15 hours a week, but that is what they're booking. So if they're booking five hours a week with you, that would be 20 hours a week, uh, 20 hours a month total that you are, you know, billing them for. And the reason it's helpful is because that way you know exactly how many hours you're going to be working for each client every week and you are able to plan in the future. You're able to plan not only how much you're working, but also how much revenue you're bringing in. Um, I always encourage people to start off hourly just so that they can get a really good grasp of how long tasks take them, um, what's what is involved in those tasks, and also especially during that process when they're learning what what services they do really enjoy. It's helpful to have that. Now, you also have service-based packages, and this is essentially where a client is paying you for a certain amount of deliverables. So they may be paying you, I'm just going to throw numbers out there, but they may be paying you $500 a month for four graphics and for Instagram captions and hashtag strategy every month. So there are packages that you can start to build out based on that. And you can have different tiers of packages. With service-based packages, I usually encourage people to build these once they know specifically what services they want to offer. So social media managers, you're going to see them mostly offering service-based packages, um, blogging, Pinterest, email marketing, things like that, where it's really easy to define exactly what's involved in it and what deliverables they're going to get. That's where it's easier and more important to have service-based packages and the is something that you can build up to. I eventually built up to offering Pinterest packages where I was just charging a flat rate for X, Y, and Z deliverables. This is great because, you know, as you're getting more efficient and better at what you do, you're not losing money by still being on hourly packages. And then your one-off packages would just be random things. So for example, if you were offering Dubsado, which is a client relations management um, platform, if you were offering support with that to your clients, then you may charge them a one-off fee for just a Dubsado setup if that's all they need. Or if someone just needs, you know, a bunch of different graphics made for a launch that they're doing, but they maybe don't need long-term support, then you may offer a one-off package for doing that. But it's, again, it's really going to be dependent on what the clients need and what services you're wanting to specialize in. So I would say those are some of the overarching and fundamental things that you need to figure out whenever you're first starting your business. There are also, you know, a bunch of other things like a business bank account, the finances, the legalities, the systems in your business, discovery calls, onboarding clients. It's obviously, there's so much more to it than just that. And even within those things that I mentioned, you know, mindset, niche services, packages, there's so much depth to all of those because there's so much nuance. It depends on what niche you choose, choose that can in turn affect your services and your packages. There's so much to talk through in terms of mindset, in terms of, okay, how do I figure out my niche? And like I said, having a program like Digital Creatives Academy, where we are extensively walking through every section of those things and helping you understand how to customize it to you, that is something that's really important and is a reason why people see 
success is because they're able to figure those things out with the help of a program like DCA initially. Um, But if you are listening to this and you just want that clarity around, okay, what is involved in even getting started, then hopefully that kind of gave you a, a little bit of a bird's eye view on some of the things that are initially needed to figure out what direction you're taking your business in. Now I want to kind of quickly touch on some of the things that you mentally are going to need to be focused on in order to create your business, start working online, become successful in this space. First thing is resilience. (laughs) And I am not kidding when I say this one. I mean, you truly do need resilience. The... (sighs) I can't think of any other word besides like blessings that your business will bring you are uncountable. It is just unimaginable to a lot of us whenever we're first starting where this journey can lead you, but it does not come without so many ups and downs and so many trials that you're going to go through for so many different reasons, not only ups and downs because of just uncontrollable things like what's going on in your life or personal circumstances, but also the fact that they're, the online space is constantly changing and that's something that you have to keep up with. And there will be times where you know a strategy that was working before for you is not working anymore and you have to do what you do best as a business owner and problem solve your way out of it. And that can be really, really difficult. I you know, won't lie and say that there haven't been times in my business where I've been like, I just want to quit. Like, I just want to give up right now because I am tired and I'm run down and I'm tired of making decisions and I'm tired of thinking. I'm so mentally exhausted. And then the next day or the next week, I'll be like, I love my business. It's the best thing in my life. And I'm so excited and I'm so inspired and so full of ideas. And it's going to come with ups and downs. It is just inevitable. And they don't go away after you've experienced quote unquote success, after you've become booked out or quit your nine to five or accomplish all of these amazing things in your business. That doesn't mean that the ups and downs just magically go away. If anything, you have more of them because you have more responsibility and you're growing your business and people are relying on you. And maybe you've brought on team members and, you know, you've been presented with all of these opportunities of what you can do. And it's there's just a really strong need for you to have and develop your resiliency. And I think a lot of that comes from also the way that you enter it. You know, if you're entering this experience, expecting it to just be a hundred percent magical and to never have those days where you're like, I don't feel like I'm cut out for this, then you're probably going to find yourself in a situation where you're eventually giving up. But if you're entering it knowing, okay, I'm going to have to use those times where I am down and I am struggling and I'm having to figure things out and everything just feels hard for me. I have to use those times to build my resilience because I know that the all of the reward that comes from it makes it so worth it. So you have to prioritize building that. Another thing that you need is proactive this proactiveness and this is something that I think is so important and is one of the qualities that, you know, any successful business owner has is the proactiveness to be able to, you know, see a problem, potential problem coming and prevent it before it even slightly starts. And This can be done in so many ways, you know, whether it is, um, 
seeing someone on Instagram who is maybe a potential client for you um, and you notice that something isn't working on their website or, you know, whatever it is and you proactively send them a voice note and let them know or you see someone that you're following posting on their story about how they've been struggling with hashtags or whatever it may be and you go out of your way to send them a few voice notes proactively to offer them some tips and tricks that could help them. That can go a long way. That type of proactiveness is something that landed one of my students in DCA, like three or four clients just from doing that with one person. And then once you're actually starting to work with clients, having the proactiveness to set upfront expectations about communication, when things will be delivered, when they can reach you, what they can expect from working with you, those, that type of um, being on top of things and being very transparent, proactive, communicative, that's what prevents so many problems that people struggle with within their business. And that's something that I, I put a lot of focus on it with my students as well. The next thing is initiative, and this is something that I really made it a priority to bring into my relationship with my clients because I think that oftentimes people, you know, view being a virtual assistant or any type of service provider in someone's business as, okay, I'm just here to do the tasks that someone else is giving me, but they are really the ones calling the shot. And, you know, I'm not saying that they're not the ones calling the shot because at the end of the day, it is their business. And, you know, you are in a position where you're going to be completing tasks for them. But something that helped me see success so quickly in my business was not being afraid of my clients. And what I mean by that is that we often place them on this pedestal where we view them as this hierarchy where they're above us and we are below them and we are just here to serve them. <laughs> and while you obviously want to make sure your clients are happy, I made it a point to let my clients know, hey, this is something that I want to walk side by side with you in. And, you know, when we're working together, I'm not going to be afraid to let you know if something isn't working or if I think there's a better way for something or, you know, if I see an opportunity for us to be able to grow your business that maybe wasn't even on your radar yet. And by me doing that, that put me in a position to be able to comfortably bring those things to them when I did notice them. And it started to shift my presence from being someone who was very reactive and was just doing what, you know, they dictated that I would be doing to this role where I was a more strategical part of their business, with, with which innately made me more valuable to them, made them want me want to refer me to other people, made them rave about me to their friends who were also business owners. And that's what helped me get booked out so quickly and raise my rates so quickly because I was offering that value. So taking initiative is very important. And it's something that business owners want. I love it when my team takes initiative. As a CEO in your business, as a business owner in general, you are spending most of your day making decisions. The mental fatigue is real. There is rarely 10 minutes that go by where I'm not thinking about something that has to do with my business. And when I find someone that has initiative and that can, can take the lead and, you know, is not afraid to do that. It's such a weight off of my shoulders and people will love it if you can be that for them. The next thing and last thing, I mean, I could go on and on <laughs> listing off all of these different traits that are going to help you in your business, but um, drive is the last one. And I would say that this goes hand in hand kind of with resiliency, but 
I think that some people come into the online space expecting it to be this get rich quick thing. And it's true. You can get rich quick. You definitely can. But to get rich quick, you have to have drive and work ethic. You have to be willing to get your hands dirty, get your feet dirty, just really go in there and give your business all that you've got. And whenever I say that, I don't mean that you have to, you know, give up everything and spend 24-7 focusing on your business. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that especially in those beginning phases of building your business, you are going to be working hard and you're going to be working a lot most of the time. Um, There were, you know, some days where I was working 12-hour days. Granted, I loved it because I was so excited about my business, but it was hard work. And, you know, that hard work is what allowed me to get to the point where I had so much more flexibility in my schedule and could take off for a week if I wanted to and do whatever I wanted, literally. But I worked really freaking hard to get to that point. And I don't want any of you, you know, listening to this and thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm just going to go into it and, you know, do a couple of things. And then before I know it, I'll be booked out and whatever. That's not the case. It's a constant situation of putting yourself out there, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, learning, experiencing new things, being open to feedback and being open to sometimes, you know, making mistakes or um, having things not turn out the way that you wanted to and understanding that that's okay. And you have to have the drive to keep pushing, keep going on, showing up on some days where you don't feel like showing up, doing the work when some days you don't feel like doing the work. Again, it's like going to the gym. I'm going to the gym right after I record this. And frankly, right now I'd be perfectly happy just chilling out at home, doing whatever I wanted instead of going there. Actually, I am pretty excited because now I've built the habit of doing it. So now I actually kind of want to go to the gym, which is very, it's very interesting for me. But um, regardless, you get what I'm saying. And your drive is what will skyrocket you to being so successful in your business. The people that enter DCA who have that drive are the ones who just absolutely kill it from the get-go and who are willing to implement things, even though they're scared, even though it makes them nervous, who are willing to just get in there and have the grit to implement it, see what works, see what doesn't work. Those are the people who always have the most success in the shortest time frame. And that's what really helped me is my work ethic. I wanted to work. I wanted to grow this. I wanted to, I love making money. I love, you know, um, seeing how far I can push myself, seeing what I can accomplish, seeing how, you know, um, much I can grow, seeing how many fears I can conquer. I love doing that. And I know that so many of you out there listening to this also love doing that. And that's what makes us business owners. That's what makes us so good at being entrepreneurs is because we have that drive and because we're willing to do things that a lot of people won't do. And if you know that's you, then it's time that you throw yourself into your business. Um, If you've been that type of person who is always, you know, given jobs your all, even if you're not passionate about them, I was the same way. I was, no matter what I was doing, whether it was a barista or dog walker or working at Plato's Closet or being a chiropractic assistant, I was giving it my all because I wanted to see what I could accomplish and do a good job 
even if I really, really, really didn't like my job. And that's something that I brought into my business. I love my job now, but I don't take that for granted. I keep working at it. And from day one, I have been throwing myself into it and giving it as much as I possibly could while trying to maintain as much of a you know work-life balance as I could. And that's what's gotten me to where I am today. And that is what will get so many of you now who are, you know, thinking about starting your day one or who are in the very beginning stages of your day ones. That is what will carry you into accomplishing so many things that you never imagined that you would be accomplishing within the next six months, year, two years. It's just the matter of you deciding to actually go for it and actually start. It's, okay, am I going to be like the people that are around me that are unhappy with their with where they are, that have spent their whole lives working themselves to death to eventually maybe retire and finally get some peace from what they're doing? Or am I going to make the decision now to change my life and set myself up for being able to have full control of my schedule, being able to retire at 35, 40 years old if I wanted to, and not hating the time from now to then? Like there is so much time that people waste just working. And and obviously, you know, work is fulfilling and we have to work, but so many people just box themselves in because they're they're scared or they are doing what other people have told them they're supposed to do. They box themselves into this life where most of the time they're unhappy and they're tired and they're not taking care of themselves and they don't have enough time with their family and friends and they can't go on vacations and they're in debt and they're suffering mentally and physically because of it all because they're afraid to do something new or they were told that they couldn't do something different. And granted, a lot of people didn't have the opportunity that we now have with the online space, but you are being presented with such an amazing opportunity, having the access to all of the resources that are online. And I just want to see you take advantage of it because I know how life-changing it can be. And I've seen it happen for myself. I've seen it happen with thousands of the students that I've taught as well. So went on a little rant there at the end, but this gets me fired up. (laughs) All right. Well, that about does it for the what you need to start working online episode. Thanks as always for listening. If you want to get into DCA, this is this is your moment. This is your chance. We start very, very soon, August 21st. That's when we'll be kicking it off and it's going to be an amazing round. It could And it will be the thing that changes your life and the trajectory of your path forever if you allow it to be and you do the scary thing. You can do it. I believe in you. Um, Like I said, the link to sign up for DCA will be in the show notes. You can also DM me on Instagram if you want to have a little conversation. I've been having lots of those in my DMs recently. And um, yeah, happy Monday or whatever day you're listening to this on. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the digital state of mind podcast. I am your host, Jessica Hawks, and I am so happy to have you here. Follow along with us on Instagram at the digital state of mind so that we can stay connected with you and get your feedback on what you want to hear on the show. I know everyone says this, but we're serious. Okay. (laughs) Talk to you next time.